0: You would have received one of these on the 19th of October. i start a series called Love the City. <clears throat> and so part of why I'm preaching today or sharing today about prayer is that each one of us would start praying for this service, the first one on the 19th. Each one of us would start praying for our neighbors, our friends, loved ones, those who do not know God or those who are just in going through a difficult time, <clears throat> God has called us to love the city. And uh, as we as we start loving the city, as we start loving people, I believe it's going to move us to pray like we've never prayed before. So take one with you. There's more at the at the info table, but pray over these. Let it be a reminder. Pray over the faces. And uh, let's trust God for a mighty move of His Spirit. I shared last week that I I really feel that God is... uh, I received a word about a week or a half ago that the glory is coming. (laughs) And that means to me that we're going to start praying. That means to me that we are going to become a house of prayer like never before. Because the glory will come when we start crying out to God in desperation. So I want to take you to a verse I shared last week. Just want to quickly recap Exodus 24, verse 15 to 18. The glory of God was on the mountaintop and then Moses was called by God to come into the presence of God. It says in verse 15, then Moses went up into the mountain and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on the Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. On the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. God called to Moses, said, Moses, come. So the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud, and they went up into the mountain. Mount, and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So basically, God God's manifest presence, his glory... Transcended the spirit realm and was manifested in the natural realm. The whole nation of Israel could see the glory of God on top of that mountain. And then God called to Moses, "Moses, come, come into the glory." Why? Because God basically spoke to Moses and "Moses, build me a house." He said, "Build me a house." So Moses came into the glory. That glory transformed him, changed him. When he came down that mountain, the glory of God was literally on his face. The people were afraid of him because of the, they say, the lightning that went forth from his face. So the call is first. And this is what prayer is about. It's a, it's a call into the glory. It's a call into the presence. Even like we were worshiping, singing this morning, things are happening in the spirit. When we make declarations like we did this morning, even when we sing it for the 20th time, it's like the 20th time, you only get it. But there's declarations we're making into the spirit. There's a guy called John Ramirez. He was a, a high-level occultist. So he would do loads of weird things. He would have interaction with the occult world. He became a Christian later. But he shared how he would astral project. He would go out of his body and he would go over communities. He would go into cities and areas and then he would curse those places. He would curse those places. And he said those times that he would be flying in his spirit outside of his body, out over areas, then he would find Christians on the street corners praying, like in a circle with their hands together, like praying. Then he says, then he curses that place, and it just doesn't work. Because our prayers protect. Our prayers keep the darkness back. Our worship, every church in this city that is worshiping on a Sunday or any other time, we are together building a glory cloud. And we are keeping darkness at bay power in our prayers. But to God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, come. Come into my glory that I may put my glory upon you, that I may change you, transform you. And then God downloaded to Moses the blueprint for building the tabernacle of Moses. So in the glory, we receive everything we need. We receive that blueprint. How can we now build a house for God so that his glory may rest in the midst of the nation? And so Moses on the mountain, he encountered God, the glory was upon him, he received the blueprint, he went down, they built the tabernacle of Moses, and the glory of God came to manifestly rest in the midst of the nation. And that's sort of like a, a process of prayer. First, we must come into the presence of God, into the glory, we must worship God, we must draw near, and you can feel it, you can sense, you're stepping now into God's, his presence draws near. And then something happens to us, we change. And then thirdly, we can take his glory out, his glory spreads. So that's in a sense what I want to share with you this morning. Why pray? Why pray? Well, one of the reasons for praying is it changes you. It changes you. It changes us. It's not just about praying for those out there. It's not about just having a religious meeting and we did our little thing and we went through the process of each one praying his little thingy. It's so much more than that. It is prayer, a prayer meeting, a corporate prayer meeting is about encountering God. It's about ascending the mountain in the spirit, coming into his presence and then from that place in unity to release the will of God over a place, over a city. But it always changes us first. If you, if you have been praying and praying and you've had a prayer meeting, but it didn't affect your heart, it didn't change you, there was no repentance, there was no change, there was no, no greater revelation of who God is, then that's probably just dead religion. I, I believe a, a real prayer meeting, it's an encounter with God. It's a face-to-face meeting with God. I mean, that's what Moses had. Moses was face-to-face. And I believe that's where God's calling us to, a face-to-face meeting with God, where you're not aware of the people around you. It's like you're in his presence and you are encountering him. And as you're encountering him, the world changes. I, I truly believe in the spirit, there's right now a call going out. God is saying, come and build me a house, a house in the spirit. Come and build me a house in the spirit. There are so many of us trying to do things in our own ability. We're doing all the right things, living our Christian lives, but it seems so ineffective. It seems so powerless. Why? Because we are not coming before God in prayer. We're not coming before God to receive that empowerment, to make a change, to make a change in the environment. The glory of God is the tangible, tangible manifestation of the greatness, the power and the goodness of God, it's, it becomes tangible. It's no longer just in the spirit. It becomes tangible. It, heaven opens and God moves forth into this realm, into this world. The glory is coming. Let's say it. The glory is coming. More tangible, manifest. The presence, the goodness, the power of God. And so one of the keys is desperation. We need to become desperate for more of God. We need to become more desperate for God. What, what, what will make us desperate? I found the times in my life that I've been the most desperate is when there's a crisis. Do we pray when there's a crisis? Yes, we do. Woo, crisis. Jesus, help. And I think God, God's probably thinking, well, why didn't you pray before? Why, why only come now? Why come now? But a crisis does something to us. And so in other nations of the world, Christians are experiencing persecution like in Egypt. So they are praying their lives depend upon it. But in our environment, in Western society, it's just so easy. It's so comfortable. There isn't a crisis, is there? Yes, there is a crisis. There is a crisis. If we loved people, we would know there's a crisis. If we truly loved people, we would know there's a crisis. Look at this verse, Isaiah Isaiah 56, verse 7. It says, even them I will bring to my holy mountain. There's God speaking through the prophet. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain. So I believe there's, as the, the man on the video, the pastor in the video shared, there's a spirit of prayer, the Holy Spirit, that empowers us to pray. It's a Holy Spirit that moves upon us. That we can't help ourselves. We must just pray. I experience this often in my life. Not always. But some seasons of my life. I, I experience that I begin to pray almost like that night and day. I'm just... It's like the spirit of prayer. I just have this burden to pray. I must pray. I must pray. And I know as I pray. As I, as I, as I come before God. I'm opening up doorways for others to encounter God. The spirit of prayer... It comes upon you. You can't help yourself. You must pray. You have this burden. It's like the cry of your heart. And you don't have a crisis necessarily. But you know there is a crisis. God wants to invade this world. He needs you and me to agree with him. He needs you and me to cry out to him. Say, Father. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. You know, when the kingdom come, then the, the king is coming. And when we, de- when, when we cry that, that actually, that is, that is a, a declaration of war. When we say, Father, your kingdom come, it's a declaration of war. Because if his kingdom comes, another kingdom must give way. And so I believe God is calling us to to. to To begin to do battle, to take up our rightful place. You see, there is a war happening. The enemy has already declared war on us. But we have the power in the name of Jesus to push back the kingdom of darkness. We, in the name of Jesus, we have the authority to build a house in the spirit, a place prepared for God where God can come and dwell. And as he comes and dwells, we can, that the house, the glory of the house can spread out. And we can push back the darkness. We can push back evil. Whatever that evil might be. Whether it be pornography or alcoholism or adultery or depression or physical sickness or disease. Whatever it might be. But God wants us, there's a boldness that needs to come. A confidence that we need to step into. I listened to this uh, account of Smith Wigglesworth. He's a Pentecostal, lived in, died in the 1940s, and he was uh, about 20-plus people were raised from the dead through his ministry. But the one time he went, he was a man of faith. They called him the apostle of faith. He had this raw, radical, freak people out faith, like solidly freak people out. Like the one time he went, someone died, he went with another pastor to the funeral. The other pastor was going to do the, the ceremony. And so the pastor was speaking to um, you know, the family members and so forth. And then Smith sort of snuck away, got in there where the casket was. And, uh, and they say, they just heard, FUD. Uh, what was that? Then again, they heard, FUD. FUD. And then some of them looked through the door, and there they saw Smith Wigglesworth. He got the corpse out of the casket. He put the corpse against the wall, and he said, "Walk in Jesus' name." And then thud. <laughs> then he picks him up. Okay, now the people, are, the family members, are, are in there now. This pastor is like freaked out. It's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> And Smith Wigglesworth takes him again. He, puts him, he says, walk in Jesus' name. And he goes down again. It happened a few times. You can imagine the poor family members. And then another time he put this guy up, the corpse. He put him against the wall. And he said, this is the last time I'm speaking to you. Walk in Jesus' name. And then he walked. They walked. It's, it's, it says doc, they, they documented more than 20 such um, Raisings from the dead. But it's just so, yeah, it might sound crazy to you. It might sound wild to you. But that boldness, there's a boldness that I believe God calls us to specifically boldness in the spirit. That we can take the promises of God and apply them to our lives. And that is what is necessary for prayer specifically. Meek and mild, forgive me for living praise, doesn't work. The scriptures say that we are ambassadors for Christ. So in other words, if you are an ambassador for a nation, we are not from this nation. We are from another country. It's called heaven. The moment you become a Christian, you are translated to heaven. Your spirit, you, that's your, your, your home city is heaven, your home country. So we are ambassadors, so we are called to enforce the will of our kingdom that we represent. And our kingdom wants to invade this world. Our kingdom, our God wants to invade this world. And it cannot happen unless we become desperate and unless we start crying out to God and say, God, we need you. We need you. And there's that place in the spirit when we start praying and corporate together when we step into the presence of God where we can release the will of God over a city or a nation over our friends, our families, our neighbors. Would you pray differently if you knew that your prayers made a difference? Would you pray differently if you knew that if you would come before God And you would cry out to God. It could release the goodness, the power, the glory of God to see someone's life flipped around. To deliver someone from eternal separation from God to eternal communion with the living God. Would we pray? I think we would. I think we would. We would pray differently. We would start praying with faith. We would start praying with expectation. So verse 7 says, even them I will bring to my holy mountain, to my holy mountain. I believe it's this mountain of prayer, this place where God is calling us to. So God is saying, I'm going to give you the ability. I'm going to bring you to pray, the spirit of prayer. And then it says, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Make them joyful in my house of prayer. Do you battle with joy? Do you struggle with joy? Don't have joy? Start praying. This happens so often with me and Sonica. We would feel heavy laden. We would feel almost like something spiritually heaviness on us. And then we would go pray. We would start crying out to God. And then I would just sometimes just lock myself in in, in, in my room for a few hours. And then when I come out, I have joy. It's like I've... I've experienced this. I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. My house. Say my house. My house. God is saying, my house. My people. House of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So God is saying, do you want to know what my house looked like? You want to know what my house, my church looks like. It's a house of prayer. In other words, the house that prays is the house where God will be at. That is his house. That is the place he visits. That is the place that he comes to dwell. The place where we are crying out and we are praying, where we are agreeing with him. We're saying, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My house, God is saying, Jesus saying, My house is a house of prayer. Uh, I don't know about the other houses. Yes, maybe it's a church. But it's not the place where God wants to come and dwell. He is drawn to the place of desperation. He is drawn to the place where we start crying out with boldness. He is drawn to the place where we're no longer worried about what my friend next to me are thinking about me. This is, I am encountering God and I want to bring down the glory. I want to see the glory extended. The spirit of prayer. Let's say it. I receive the spirit of prayer to build a house for God. Yes, come on. House where everyone prays. My house. Everyone prays. Not just some people. Not just some people. Everyone. My house will be called a house of prayer. And then it says burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, Old Testament was they had to sacrifice animals and things. New Testament, Jesus died for us. We don't do that anymore. Yet, I believe you and I were called to become a burnt offering. Holy Spirit on fire, offering unto the living God. God loves a burnt offering. Someone that is on fire, passionate by the Holy Spirit, coming before God, agreeing with him, saying, God, let's partner, let your will be done. Let's do this. A burnt offering. Let's become a burnt offering. In the spirit. And it says sacrifices. I believe prayer is a sacrifice of self. We don't just come to pray. We actually come to surrender ourselves unto God. Say, God, here I am. I bring myself to you. I sacrifice myself to you. I surrender myself to you. Change me and then work through me. Prayer is about being changed. And then prayer is bold. And passionate. As I shared. Ambassador for Christ. Haggai 1 verse 7 to 9. Speaking about the house of God. I believe there's a call right now for the people of God to build God a house. In the spirit. In the spirit. A place where he can come and dwell. It says in verse 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Consider your ways. Evaluate your life. Where are you at? Go up to the mountains. Again, that place of prayer. As I shared last week, Jesus, every time he went up to the mountain to pray, morning, evening, right through the night, he went up to the mountain to pray. Ah, we have a crisis in East London. There are no mountains. This is a spiritual mountain that we must ascend. So go up to the mountain, bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified says the Lord, you look for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Now, I believe the, what I want to apply this for is where it says there, you look for much, but indeed it came to little. Because I believe so much of what we do, we do by our own ability. We don't do it by the power of God. We do it by our own ability. And I believe there's a call to come and pray, to consider our ways, to go up that mountain, to, to come before God and to say, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your house be built. Consider your ways. You see, it's easy to be selfish. It's easy to only look after yourself and your own home. It's easy. That's normal. That's normal for everyone out there, even those who do not know Jesus. Selfishness. Why is this world such a mess? Selfishness. Looking after number one. But I believe God is saying, yeah, there's a higher level of living where we put his house. And I'm not just talking about a physical church. I'm talking about building a house in the spirit, building up a place of prayer in the spirit, because God says, "Then I will take pleasure, and I will be glorified." You know, it's funny sometimes that people say, "Yo, the church asked so much." I am thinking, really. Well, let's think about what, what does Jesus ask? <laughs> he asks everything. Everything, he says, "Give me your life. Lay down your life. Pick up your cross." Follow me wherever I lead you. In the good old days of the lions and the Roman amphitheaters or the Colosseum, Christians were thrown to the lions, to the glory of God. It was an honor to die for the king. Where have we come to? Oh, five thirty 5.30 pre-meeting. Crisis near. Great. Why? Because we're building our own house. What's comfortable for me and myself. For the kingdom to come and to please the king, we must be willing to lay down our lives. And that means a 5.30 in the morning prayer meeting or whatever it might be. It translates into sacrifice, a burnt offering, a sacrifice unto God. So that's the course is go up to the mountain bring wood go build bring bring what is needed to build the temple pray pray let's build God a house this is my challenge to each one of us let's build God a house in the spirit even in your workplace your business your family your home don't try and build it in the natural if you're not building it in the spirit it's not going to be effective. It's going to blow away. Start building your house, your family, your business, everything you're doing. Start building it in the spirit, and there will be blessing in the natural. Build the house in the spirit. Matthew sixteen eighteen to nineteen, almost finished. Matthew sixteen eighteen to nineteen. Spreading the glory. And it says, this is Jesus speaking. And he, this is just after Peter received a revelation of who Jesus is. Then he says, and I also say to you, that you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. What is that rock? The rock is the revelation of who Jesus is. Revelation, understanding of who Jesus is I will build my church and the gates of hell the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven and so Jesus speaking to Peter and he says Peter even hell cannot stop what I am going to do. Don't be afraid. All evil in this world cannot stand against the glory of God. But it says, I will build my house. And for, for our purposes that I really feel God is saying, if we want to build him a house, it needs to be a house in the spirit. And we build that house in the spirit through prayer, through worship. When we praise God like we praise God this morning, it's like in the spirit we are erecting pillars. And when we pray, it's like building the walls of this house of the spirit. And then the glory can come and rest upon those pillars and upon those walls. We've built something, we've prepared an environment and then God can come. And I believe there's just so much more that God wants us to prepare. And then Jesus says, I give you keys. And I shared this last week. Prayer is like a key that you unlock a gateway from this realm to heaven's realm. We unlock that gateway and what is in heaven can then flow through to the earth. And then when we pray, when we step into the glory, it's like with our spiritual hands, we stretch forth into the glory and we pull out. Everything we need, whether that be provision, whether that be healing, whether that be peace or joy, we stretch forth our hands and we draw it out through prayer. So let's do that quickly. Let's raise our hands. Raise our hands into the glory and then pull it down. Come on. It's good to get the body moving. But there's something, and that's why I want to hold this before. There's something about when we pray, it's about stepping into the glory of God, and then we take hold of what God has given to us, and we pull it through to this world. And we build him a house, and as the house of glory is being built, we have the authority in Jesus' name. As we worship God, as we pray, we can push back the darkness, and the glory extends, and we push it back, and we push it back. House of glory. God has called us to build a house of glory. And so we are given these keys. We can tell darkness to stop. And we can release the goodness of God through prayer. Let's take back the land. Let's take back our land. You're walking at your school or your class or hospital There's something in Joshua 1 that says, every place where the sole of your foot will tread upon, that is yours to take. So why not walk differently from today onwards? You have time with God. You get into his presence in the morning. You get that connection going. You sense his presence upon your life. And today, as you walk through your school or your classroom, you're walking there. You say, God, I'm releasing your presence here. This is my land. This is my territory. No rebellious kids in Jesus' name. And some of our guys have testified, some of the teachers, how they've had a horrible class. Everything was terrible. And they started to pray in their classrooms. And it's like the atmosphere changed. There's a spirit dimension that we are underestimating. Underestimating. So why not walk through the hospital? And release the peace of God instead of allowing the fear, the depression, the anxiety. Why not walk through your house and saying, "Man, we've had a really uh, sucky month. It's been terrible. There's no peace in this house. There's no joy." Now, when Sonic and I experience that, then we start walking through our house. God, I take authority over this place. This is my. This is my land. This is my land. This family is blessed. This family is blessed. My child, we go pray over Vian, we put some oil upon him, representing the Holy Spirit. We anoint him unto God and say, "Father, I, I, I dedicate my son into Your hands, and I take authority over every evil, every power of darkness. You have no authority over my son. He belongs to Jesus. Walk through your house. Take authority." Otherwise, darkness will overflow and mess you around. You must stand up boldly, know who you are, an ambassador for Christ. And in the name of Jesus, you can release the kingdom of God over every in any situation. We want to build God a house so he can come and dwell. And that's what we do in our home. We build God a house. I believe God wants this church to go to the next level. I want to thank those who have already started to join us for prayer this week. I can really sense a difference. I sense a difference this morning. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is really powerful. Last verse, 1 Kings 8, verse 10 to 12. This is Moses. Just on the previous point, I want to encourage you, go walk through your, your neighborhood. Go walk around your house. Do a prayer walk. Say, God, I thank you for these houses. I thank you for my neighbors. I thank you, God. I release your blessing upon them. 1 Kings 8, verse 10. This is where Mo, uh, where, where uh, Solomon built God a temple. And then this is what, it, what happened. It says, and it came to pass, when the priests came out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. In other words, the glory of God became tangible, moved out transcended the spirit realm and became tangibly, manifestly present. Uh, there's another story, an account about, uh, fr- by, by Smith Wigglesworth. It was a pastor that uh, they were at a meeting and they, they they were having a prayer meeting. So they said, we're going to pray together. And so they all started, like, say, 10 or 20 of them, I'm not sure, but they started to pray together with Smith Wigglesworth, who was a man of the presence of God. And it, the, the account goes that, as they were praying, this type of thing happened. The glory of God started to move into that room to such an extent that the other pastors said they all had to run out. They couldn't handle the tangible presence of God. I'm saying I want to experience that. Come on. I want to. Let's. I'm willing to run out if that's what it takes. But I, I want. This is the dream of my heart. And it's biblical backing for it. But that people that are in our meetings would say, surely God is in this house. There's something different here. There's something different. That's, I I promise you, if we start praying together, everyone, passionately, we're going to see the glory of God. 1 Kings 8.10, it says there, And it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place that the cloud Filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord. Filled the house of the Lord. The glory of the the tangible manifest greatness, goodness and power of God filling the house. Then Solomon spoke verse 12. The Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have surely built you an exalted house, said Solomon, and a place for you to dwell in forever. But arrogant. I have surely, but that's good. I have surely built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell forever. Solomon declared that, and I believe that is our, that is our call. I believe in the Spirit. God is saying right now, build me a house. In the Spirit. Build me a house. Build me a house where I can come and dwell. Build me a house where my presence can come. Build me a house where I can meet with broken, messed up people. Build me a house. Build me a house. That whatever, whatever the issue might be, drug addiction, whatever... Build me a house that I can meet their need. Build me a house. Build me a house. I'm hearing this the whole time. You're hearing it now as well. Build me a house. I've been hearing this now for the last four or five days. Build me a house. Build me a house. Let it be the cry of your heart. Build me a house. Build me a house. Begin praying. Build me a house. Become desperate. Build me a house. And let the glory of God move upon you. Build me a house, a place where I can dwell. That is the, I believe, the call. That is the call. If we start praying together as one, we will see the glory of God. It will blow your mind, I promise you. The most incredible times I've ever experienced on this earth have been times in His presence. In worship but like in in him in the glory and so i'm praying and trusting that each one of us would sign up once a month get a taste of the beauty of coming before god in worship and pray and that we become addicted to it to him and we're going to see the glory of god the glory of god the glory of god Amen. Please stand with me. Worship team. It's been a long time since I've experienced such an urgency in the Spirit. We can build God a house in the Spirit to see many, many lives transformed. Many, many lives. It's a worthy call. I'm willing to lay down my life for that. To see lives transformed. To see lives changed. God, we worship you. Lord, thank you for this call in the spirit. A call to pray. A call to partner with you. A call to become desperate. A call to lift our voices high, boldly, passionately. God, if this is the way to see broken lives restored, may we say yes to that call. May we say yes to that call. give us the grace empower us give us the spirit of prayer that would lead us in to take up our cross and follow Jesus oh God there's so many names we can bring before you right now neighbors, colleagues, loved ones family, children, parents names, names, names people whom you love and our prayers can make the difference. Our prayers will make the difference. To open the door, to open the floodgates for heaven to invade earth. I remember the one time I was a youth pastor, high school youth, and we had a camp and uh, say 50, 60 kids, and uh, it was, there were so many kids with issues, and messed up, and I've been trying everything, and I just can't get them to focus, and uh, it was the Saturday afternoon, and that Saturday evening would be this opportunity, this moment to um, give them this opportunity to connect with God, and I remember that afternoon I was praying, me and some of the other ladies were on our knees before God. I said, God, you need a miracle. They're freaking me out. I don't know what to do. And I remember so clearly God spoke to my heart and he said, if you do not love them, I cannot touch them. And so I cried on my knees before God. I cried, I said, God, I love them. Help me. Help me. But I I cried out with everything within me. And that evening, the presence of God came upon those young people. That I still do today. They are kids whose lives got flipped around that evening. They are now leaders in churches. What? 10, 11 years later. There's power in prayer. And God is calling us to go for it. Let's go for it. (laughs) Let's take the hand of the person next to you. Yes, God, we come before you this morning, Lord, and Jesus, you love this world so much that you gave your life, you died death because you love people so much Lord give us that give us that same love that we do whatever it takes and so Father we bring this house before you and we want to respond to the cry in the spirit that says build me a house build me a house in the spirit where I can dwell build me a house on this earth where I can come So God, we just want to say this house will be a house of prayer. We are a people of prayer by faith. We know this is your will for us, God. And so Lord, even as we are holding hands, God, we pray, make us one, one heart, one cry. People, broken, struggling, lost people. Give us your heart's cry. Give us your heart's cry. Let your spirit of prayer come upon us that we may walk our homes and our streets. And our hospitals and our schools and our everywhere. Just taking land for Jesus. Pushing back the darkness. Seeing the kingdom come. God, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. come. hallelujah just want to, the, the elders to quickly come forward and I want to pray for Dabri and Mina just stand over here I want to pray for Port Elizabeth just lay hands on them Father we thank you God Father we thank you for Port Elizabeth God for your amazing plans for the eastern cape is our hearts cry Lord to see your kingdom come To see your kingdom come in this region. To see your kingdom come in this region. We hold before you, God. And we release your blessing upon them right now. Bless them. Empower them. Increase their faith. Increase your grace upon them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we declare the kingdom is coming in them and through them. In Jesus' name, we release your blessing. We release your blessing. We release your blessing, Lord, over them and the whole Eastern Cape. God, we pray for Umtata. Pray for Queenstown. We pray for King Williamstown. We pray for Port Alpha. We pray, God, for every city, every town in this region Staterheim God we pray let your kingdom come let your kingdom come in this region let your kingdom come in Southernwood Lord God let your kingdom come amongst the poor the rich everyone God let your kingdom come let your kingdom come just want to give everyone for a minute or two just pray in your own words let's pray for the eastern cape pray for east london just for a minute or two let us bring before god those whom he loves Give us that spirit of prayer, God. Give us that grace to come before you. To come before you, Lord. To partner with you. Jesus Christ is Lord. We want to build you a house, God. I'm going to build you a house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you you hear our prayers, God. so we pray. So we declare, let your kingdom come in East London. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.